Coming live from Calgary, Canada is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Michelle Nedelec, Creative Director at Awareness Strategies, podcast host, and a top automation expert. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for taking out time for this show. So when we talk of automation and that to business automation, we are talking on business automation, not just for IT companies anymore. So what is business automation? If you can tell it in, in, uh, in terms of small businesses, uh, business, big businesses are already using some part of it, but from ter in terms of small businesses, and that is where your expertise it also. How, what exactly is automation all about? Absolutely. So yeah, big businesses always had access to business automation per se, because whatever they needed to have happen, they would just make it. So my partner and uh, in business, who's in charge of the tech side of the company for years, that was his job was to make software for bigger companies. We need to do this, make it happen. And it was often three-year projects that were, you know, multi-million dollar programs. And it wasn't until, you know, in the last decade or so that software has really become accessible to small businesses so that they too can start to automate things. Things like their email deliverability, their being able to attract affiliate uh, partners and sales to be able to get access to a client's information once they've purchased a product and then be able to re-nurture that relationship. All of that software is becoming more and more accessible to people and it's becoming more and more robust. So it's doing more, it's integrating more, which means it allows the business owners to not have to have a person in place manually doing a bunch of data transfer, which can be very sloppy. It allows for uh, dropped data. It allows for what we call dirty data, meaning that you know, the cut and paste didn't work exactly the way it should have, or the transfer of the data into another file and then converting it to another file, you know, you get corrupt data that way. So being able to have software that has an automatic integration from, say, your shopping cart into your database, that allows this smooth transition, which means that you're keeping more clean data for yourself and it allows you to do more with that data, if that makes sense. Okay, and where is that software which, uh, you know, where where it tells that, listen, to small owners and proprietors that, listen, you go for business aut automation and then you can go on a vacation forever and just count dollars into your bank account. <laughs> what, what, what software is that? That would be awesome. I don't know. That doesn't exist yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> we got magic wands and unicorns that are working on that one. In the meanwhile, though, we do have CRMs that are pretty robust. So... We work with a program called Infusion Software, which is now Keep Max Classic. And that particular software has a ton of abilities to be able to integrate not only your database with your emails, with your affiliate marketing, with your shopping cart, with the ability to be able to use your client's data first and foremost, and then create campaigns so that you're nurturing it. A lot of other software are 
either shopping cart concentric or email concentric. And what that means is you can, you know, do a lot with a client when they first come in, but it doesn't allow you to be able to upsell, downsell, cross-sell afterwards. And as most of us in business know, your cost of acquisition for your client is your most expensive attribute to acquiring a client or working with a client. Your ability to be able to then upsell back, cross-sell, downsell afterwards, that's where the real profit comes in because you're not having to pay to acquire that client. You're just sending them emails or texts or you know whatever platform it is that you get a hold of your clients on and being able to um, get a higher profitability on the end product. Right. Right, so, Michelle. In, in a country like India, you know, you have huge number of small businesses, millions of them. And they, they get a lot of encouragement from people, from government, from uh, whatever way they can. Now, a lot of them are growing at a fast rate. A lot of them have challenges, but so many of them think they are doing fine in the way they are doing things. Now, how do they know that they would need automation. Many don't know. What is it that you can tell them that they can automate, which they uh, may not be knowing about at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. And, and congratulations. I think it's fantastic and awesome. And I think that starting your own business and who you become in that process is going to change the world. So I highly encourage everybody to figure out what they have to do in order to be able to be successful at running their own businesses. So some businesses... Uh, you can just, you know, open the door. People come in, especially if you have like food in an area or location where people need food. <laughs> they just come in and you're going, hey, we're busy. We're full. We run out of food at the end of the day. We're doing awesome. That's fantastic. Or if you're a coach or a consultant and your clients are coming to you saying, hey, what do you do? Can you help me in business? And they give you a credit card number. You sign them up. Those are simple businesses and they work fantastically well. As long as you're getting enough leads in and you're converting those leads to sales and you're as busy as you can possibly be, awesome. You're doing great. It's when you figured out how to uh, multiply your time so you're no longer working kind of um, per hour in your occupation, then you start working one to many. That's when automation becomes paramount, especially if you're doing something like online courses or you have uh, trucks that you're sending out to do service work, as soon as it becomes too much for one person to handle and you're going, okay, there's way too much information coming in and the fulfillment is kind of getting out of hand, most people start looking for people. It's like, oh, I just need a VA. I just need to duplicate myself. I just need you know, more people in this business and we'll figure it out. The cool part right now is that you can get software that does certain things. So instead of rewriting that one email to 27 people, you can write it once and then hit send and it sends to those 27 people. Being able to have systems in place, computer systems in place that do the things that you do repetitively. So as my father used to say, if you do it once is an accident, twice is a mistake, three times is a habit. So anything that you're doing three times, you can probably automate. You can either make a video and then send it out. You can write an email template and then send it out. You can write a PDF and then you know, text it or email it to people. That software capability allows you to have more accuracy in how you send out that information, allows you to have more control over knowing what's going out when to whom. And the more logic-based that software platform is, 
then you can start to segregate your data so that if you have people that like cats, you can send them cat emails. If you like have people that like dogs, you can send them dog emails. Whatever the case may be, you're, you're delivering the information that's important to them when it's important to them, which then allows them to be more interested in the things that you do. So the more you can figure out how to use software to your advantage to be able to automate your marketing in particular to and fulfillment to your clients, the easier it is on your business in the long run. And then you can hire people to be creative and spontaneous and doing all of the things that your customers and clients want in a more human sort of transaction. When they just want data fast, automation is the way to go. When they want somebody to be able to help them solve their problems and work things out, then you look at people for creating those solutions. Okay. So, Michelle, uh, automation can take care of marketing too. Absolutely. How, how does it happen? Because mails are one thing. If it's an online business or, you know, some sort of an automation, you create triggers, your mail comes or you schedule things. So many free softwares are available and people keep on using them. But proprietary softwares are a, are a different game altogether. Now, uh, I don't know, just sending out a thing about myself on a social media or something like that. I don't know whether to call it marketing, but how does a business actually do serious marketing and lead do lead generation? Tell us about that part of business automation. Absolutely. So when somebody starts a business, they're usually doing what we call spaghetti marketing. You're throwing stuff okay. up against the wall and seeing what sticks. Some of it will work, some of it won't, some of it will get some traction, some of it won't. And that's okay. That's part of the process of starting out the business and figuring out who your ideal client is and what kind of messaging they want. Once you've figured that out with your warm market, the people that you already know, like, and trust, people that are already following you maybe on social media, then you start to get some predictability to your business. Once you have that predictability, so you know that when I, when I send out this PDF, people like that PDF and they want it and they share it. Awesome. Now you can go out into the world and say, hey, share this with your audience and, and you have some predictability there that it's going to happen. You, you want to, at that point, sign up what are called affiliates. So basically people that are getting into joint venture relationships with you to say, hey, I really like your stuff and I'm gonna send it to my email list and promote you. That is a fantastic way of doing business because it's kind of like having a 100% commission salesperson on your team, but they also come with an audience themselves. So the more affiliates you can get that are promoting your products and services that they already know has a certain conversion rate to it, then, you're working your what we call a warm market. And you wanna be able to automate that transaction, that affiliate links that they're going to be using to send to their people so that it automatically gets tracked back to you so that when their person buys something from you, you know who to pay that commission to, as opposed oh. to doing it manually, which gets really messy really fast. Because if two people know your friend, then you don't know who to pay the commission to. Whereas if you're using links, then it's just either the first person that clicked the link or the last person, and that's your choice, how you set that up, um, depending on your system, okay. of course. Okay. But then we get into the really fun part, which is once your affiliates have some consistency and they're getting the sales, then you can start to go out to cold markets. Then you can do fun stuff like advertising on Facebook or Google or any other platform that accepts ads. And with those ads, you can put up the videos, 
people click on the link, they automatically update or upload the gift that you're giving them. At the end of their gift, it says, hey, if you like this, you're going to love my program on that. And then they go and sign up for your program on that. And then you say, hey, if you like this, you're going to absolutely love my live event that's coming up in October or whenever. And, and then people will then get more and more involved in what's going on with you. It's a, the more predictable your sales are in a certain area, the more you can automate things so that they happen automatically and you're not having to depend on people to go out and you know, talk to other people, which is fantastic if they're doing it. But automation just makes it more scalable so you can get more faster. Right, Michelle. Right. Now, there are certain business owners uh, who would not want to automate their systems. What sort of businesses are, are they? Uh, are they uh, why, why would they not need it or why, why automation is not for them? Is there a particular class of, especially among small businesses, it will not work for them? Yeah, there can be. So like I said, somebody that's a, con a coach or a consultant that just wants, say, you know, 10 clients in a year and they're done. Awesome, fantastic and wonderful. And they don't really need to automate their systems. They can just do it. If okay. there's a certain company that has, um, say they have a really small uh, niche. So there's only a few companies that would need their services and they know who they are, then again, they wouldn't need it. So depending on how big of a market you're working with, you may not need it. Sorry about that. One that's second. fine. That's fine. That's That makes it much more lively and that makes it much more real. <laughs> He's getting really excited about it. He really likes the whole marketing know, aspect. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't not market. You have to automate. <laughs> Which is, you know, some people do, some people don't. We get excited about it when they do. So, like I said, if you're selling one to many, that's when you need the automation. If you have a specific niche of clients that you know there's only 10 people in your entire city or your country that are going to need it, then you don't really need to automate those. Those are all about the relationships that you're creating, and it's just your CRM is your phone. <laughs> okay, right. Several companies have that apprehension or, you know, maybe sort of myth that if you are buying of software or other companies, uh, you are taking help, then it might cost a lot. And sometimes they just miss the bus just because they had that feeling that it's very costly. What's your take on this? What do you want to tell them exactly? Is it too costly? Absolutely not. So a lot of times people will, again, will hire people to do something that should have been automated and they end up spending more money paying someone to do a job that could have been done automatically. So things like when a credit card expires and you want to update it. So say you have a monthly membership that people will buy into monthly. Inevitably, credit cards are going to come due and they're their expiry date is going to change. The credit card they're putting that bill on is going to change. And you want to be able to automate that because nobody really wants to have that question like, hey, your credit card didn't go through. You know, I don't know if you're broke or what. <laughs> That's how that conversation comes across. Whereas when you automate, it's like, hey, your credit card's expired. Click here to update your expi expiration date. Right. Nobody minds doing that. They just go in, they click, they update their expiry date and poof, you're off to the races again. And that alone can usually justify the cost of the software. And then you have all of the other functionality that the software does on top of that, which makes for great business. And that person that would have been 
making phone calls say, hey, your credit card expired. Now you can get them doing more customer service work and nurturing relationships, which people love to do. Right. Right, uh, Michelle. Now is you, you know, now it's the age of, you know, uh, fractional CMOs, they are calling. So on yes. one side, so two, so two people are looking at, or, or one is a robot or, or a bot and one is a human being. So they are looking at you and you know, freeing you of your load. One is the software automation and another is the fractional CMO. Absolutely. Can help, help, help you. Can so you tell us about these uh, fractional CMOs, who they are? How does it work? Does it work for small businesses? Tell us this whole rising trend of CMOs, fractional CMOs. Absolutely. So basically what a fractional C anything is, so you can get fractional CMOs, which is your chief marketing officer. You can get CIOs, your chief information officer. You can get CTOs, chief technical officer. Basically, you're you're taking somebody that in the past would typically charge at least $100,000 a year, if not more. A lot of the big corporations, they're getting million dollar salaries in their positions. So what a fractional C-suite can do is basically they come in and look in your business, they bring their expertise to it and say, okay, here's how I see this going down. And they create either strategies for you, they create blueprints for how the following year is going to be set up. They create a template so that you can then take that template or model and then go and apply it on your own, on your own time. And then they come back next month, check it out and say, hey, what's going right? What's not going right? What do we need to adjust? It's going tickety-boo, great, life goes on. The benefit of that is you're getting incredibly expensive knowledge and skill, but you're getting it for a fraction of the price. So even a new startup company that just needs, you know, I just need to know, here's my plan, is it right? You can email it to them and they email you back a response. That's gonna be probably the least expensive way of, of hiring a, a fractional C-suite. And by getting their eyes on that plan and making the changes to it, you can then say, okay, I know that this has a higher probability of working out than if it was just me going, oh, hey, you know, I think I'm going to do this this month, which is what most entrepreneurs do. <laughs> so being able to bring in like a fractional CMO, they're going to be looking at your marketing for the year. So if I were to go into your company, I come in and I say, okay, what is your overall plan for this year. What are you doing? Are you doing live events? Are you just wanting to sell, you know, software service? What's your business and what are you, how are you planning on getting it out to the public? Do you know who your ideal client is? Do you know what their ideal journey with your company is to make them raving fans? If there's, you know, blanks in that, then we start to work together to figure out what those are. And then we come up with a 12 year or sorry, 12-month plan, <laughs> 12 year might be a little much, 12-month plan of how this is all going to lay out and what's, what assets you need in place when in order to, um, one, hone in your energy of your team on specific activities that are most likely to make you the most money in, in the next period, whatever that might be. Okay. Okay, Michelle. So, uh, who should, or, or, or let's, uh, let me ask you this way, which one is cheaper for the uh, small business? Uh, auto, automation or a C, CMO, fractional CMO? 
what should he go or is it not not like either of the two you can't do that well you if you were to do that if you were to say hey my budget is x and i can do one or the other i can't do both I would do the fractional CMO first because then they're okay. going to give you the plan and then you're going to know, like, is this even the right software for me? Is this what's going to get me to where I want to go, right? You you want to be able to have that expert advice looking at your business to be able to say, yes, you're on track. This is the way to go. Because a lot of people will go, hey, I want to do it cheap. I'm just going to use free software. I'm going to use MailChimp. I'm going to do whatever. And sometimes that works great. And sometimes it's like, that is going to cost you a lot of money in the end, and here's why. And and they'll give you a, a plan of attack. Then you have to look at that plan and go, okay, so what do I need to do in order to be able to make that financial leap now? And it might be that you actually have a couple of months worth of money stashed away, and you're going, okay, I know that when I have this upcoming event, that we're going to get at least so many people at it, and based on 25% sales, I'm going to make this much money. So you can right. plan it out to know that in the future, you're going to be able to pay this off and it's worth taking that slice right now. Or you may look at it and go, you know what, I'm I'm okay just kind of going a little bit slower and building this out over a longer period of time. And some people are. And, and that's just the choice that you have to make. But I would certainly get my hands on the information. I always say, ask more questions before you pay more money. Because asking those questions can save you a lot of money as opposed to just hearing somebody talk and saying, hey, buy my stuff. It's awesome and phenomenal. It's going to solve all your problems. And you throw money at it and you realize, um, well, no, that didn't solve all my problems. And, you know, in fact, it's nothing close to what I even need. So ask questions first and then put your money towards the decisions that you come to. Right. Right, Michelle. Now, there is this growing, you know, uh, army of bots everywhere you know everywhere you make a phone call it's a bot answering so many a times you know uh, you are fed up with anywhere or your credit card company or anywhere else now that's a growing concern you want to uh, first you know get get across a human being at this same time your business makes it imperative for automation now how do you address this problem that some people might think, and especially a lot of people who have, you know, direct dealing with a lot of customers, uh, that in automation is impersonal. How do you see that? How do you address that? Absolutely. So it, one, it depends on how you do it. So a lot of people will, again, trying to save money, will do it themselves and they'll go, oh, here, this is what how we want to do it. And they don't get the advice of the experts to say, mm, actually, that's not really how you want to do it. Here, here's a better way to do it. And sometimes it's easy as, you know, it, we've all seen it on, say, Facebook uh, pages, right? Where it's, you send an, an, a message to the page and the page comes back with, oh, our stores of operation are, our hours of operation are. You're like, okay, now that just kind of slapped you in the face with something very impersonal, as opposed to, hey, thanks for connecting with us. We're looking forward to connecting uh, we're available nine to five, but is there a question that you might have, right? Something like that then allows a person to go, oh, okay, I get it. It's, it's automated, but they're not treating me like I'm just one of a thousand. It's, it's, there's something about that conversational that's still intriguing and allows me to go, okay, yeah, what I really want to know is X, right? I really want to know what time you're open in the morning. Like, I know that at that point, I'm not going to get 
a, a human being, but I just want to know what the hours of operation are. And But having that transition of the conversation as if it was with a real person makes it easier for me as a consumer to gently, <laughs> you know, have a conversation with your people as opposed to, hey, I have a question. Our hours of operation are this, right? That just kind of hits people and, and they don't like that. And that's what tends to make it impersonal. So get some advice of somebody that does those things, because when you do it right, if people are, you know, searching your name at three in the morning, they don't really expect to get a hold of a human being, but they do expect to get some answers. And if there is no bot or there's no FAQ or there's no videos on on your page that they're looking at, then they'll go and get their answers from somebody else that does have those. Right, right. And you see, on one side, your automation, some people may have that complaint that it's impersonal. And on the other side, many people think that, you know, I'm getting too many messages from these automated bots and everything into my e inbox. So there is no human mail in my inbox. It's only the automated mails. Even anything that I do, uh, even even if your car, you move out of your parking lot and something like something there, then you got a mail anywhere, then you got an SMS. How do you balance uh, life uh, in terms of a consumer of that thing? And how do you work if even as a business owner, how do you see that? Well, and it, it, there's a sad and yet <laughs> complicated answer to that because a lot of times people need reminders, right? Somebody wants to, they sign up for your webinar and they want to go to your webinar, but you need to send them reminders. Some people right. you need to send one reminder. Some people you need to send three reminders. So you end up sending three to everybody because that's just the way it is. And people like me that, you know, once I put an appointment in my calendar, it's in my calendar. That's what I'm going to be doing. I know that <laughs> I don't need the reminders. I just have to have the wherewithal to ignore all the reminders that are coming up because I know that <laughs> it's going to happen at that yeah. time anyway. Um, so it is kind of the evil necessary. And it has been proven that at this point, if um, if I say, yes, please send me a text reminder for it, that that is the highest conversion is when I say, yes, I want a reminder and you send me that text reminder, you're going to have more, the most amount of people showing up possible. So I get it that as a consumer, you might not like that, but some of the people trying to get a hold of you will like that. The biggest thing to remember is you're not selling to yourself. You are not your ideal client. Uh, your your ideal clients are your ideal clients and they're not in the same position that you are. They want to be like you. They want to have your attention, but they're not exactly like you. So you have to create a marketing plan that suits them that you can, of course, create and write into, but that they are the ones that it's most important that they like it and that they're coming and responding to it. Right, Michelle. Right. I think we have covered it and you have... Uh, answered all these questions very, very well for a good understanding of what this space is all about, how it is developing, what are the questions. And I also have learned quite a lot from you. Now, let us understand about your software, how you people do, what you do, who are your uh, ideal customers, how can if people in India, though it's a global show and this show is going to a lot of places, but in terms of Indian audience, Indian businesses, you know, India is a big country with lots of people, lots of businesses. How 
do you tell them what do you tell them about the services about the product about business automation services that you provide and if people can take help from it's a global world it is a global world indeed and we have a lot of international clients and to us it comes down to the business and how you're running the business a lot the majority of businesses are not technical businesses. <laughs> they, right. they they get tech, maybe they have an understanding of tech, maybe they've used it and you know they dabble in it. But if that's not your core business, then it should not have any of your time <laughs> being based right. on it. And the last thing you want to do is hire five different people to do five different things like a graphic designer or something, because then you're still project managing that. And that project management can take a lot of time. So what we do is we come in as a outsourced company and we make sure that we have the graphics designer, we have the specialists in software, in the email campaigns, in the ads, in the affiliate world, and being able to come in as a team to work with you and take over that area. So it's not not really taking over. We partner with you so that we project manage it. And even if you have internal marketing people already and you have internal tech people, we just make sure that that communication is complete so that nothing, the spinning plates aren't dropping all over the place. We want to make sure that those spinning plates spin, that they look gorgeous and that they're attracting your ideal client to you. And then you go and do the thing that you do so well and you can take care of the operations of the business or whatever aspect of the business that you want to. Okay. And how do people connect with you, uh, if you can tell them? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to awarenessstrategies.com, and of course, we'll have that in the link for you. We yeah. have a free website audit that you can get. We have a bunch of assessments that are coming out in the realm of marketing and tech and branding and all sorts of fun stuff. So if there's one area in particular of that automation that you're like, ah, we're good here, but we've kind of fallen apart over there. Uh, we have a lot of tools to be able to help you to figure out what you need to put in place as quickly as possible in order to keep those plates spinning. Great. Great, Michelle. It's a great session. Lot of information, lot of insights. Exactly what this show is all about. Awesome. Thank you. So Thank on this you. note, it's a wrap on this edition of the KAJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much for joining us.